Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. And right now, Michelle Bensinger is making faces in our Skype video. This is what I deal with on a regular basis, y'all, especially as we go. (laughs) I think she's really excited about Advent, especially as we go into Advent. So we want to say, first of all, welcome to Advent. And we've got a really awesome, fun series for you all. Um, And before we dive into that, we want to just, as usual, I want to check in with my two girls here because we've been on this phone call for several hours already. We're like an hour three, uh, just to let. (laughs) Usually we say one hour, we're like going on several. Now there's been bathroom breaks, extra coffees. There's all kinds of things. We're about to have to go make lunch. to record. (laughs) Like, didn't you guys start out this morning? So um, Michelle, how are you? And how, as the Advent season begins, how, how do you find yourself? Where are you at? Where you be, girl? I be good. Um, I love Advents. It is my favorite season of the year, right behind college football season. Yes, of course. And But it is my favorite liturgical season. Mm. I love that um, it's cozy. I always like to hibernate in Advents. It is cozy and beautiful. We got our Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving. My wow. husband was a rock star, and went. We he and I just went by ourselves. So usually we bring all the kids and got it the day after Because you don't get a real one, right? Don't you get a real one? I get a real nice. one. And I just have white lights on it right now. I don't let the kids start. We're recording this a little bit a couple of days before Advent starts liturgical season, and I don't let my kids decorate it until – Advent starts. And so, so I just love the tree and the white lights. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just something peaceful about Mm -hmm. it. And there's something peaceful about the season. And I'm really, really trying hard. I have a busy couple of weeks, but I'm really trying hard for the last couple of weeks of Advent to take a break, a little sabbatical. And I would love to take a social media break, a sabbatical break, um, try not to work and all of that. So yeah, don't, I'm excited. Don't break up with us though. We would die without you. Michelle. I won't break up Please with don't, you. Don't. you know? I mean, we have a group text message and we usually text each other at least once a day. And if someone goes a couple hours without responding, it is like <laughs> abandonment issues come out <laughs> in fullness. Where are you? What are you doing? You How know? come you're not paying um, attention to me? <laughs> They're like, dude, just chill. Is at the grocery store? Oh, okay. All right. Well, just <laughs> seriously. Just checking on you. <laughs> Unacceptable. unacceptable. Heather's like at Costco and Michelle and are like, take us to Costco. Pick you. up this for us. Yeah. All the way in Canada. <laughs> Heather, what's up, girl? Oh, Happy I, Advent, young lady. Yeah. I, oh, man, I love Advent. It's my favorite for sure. Um, I didn't, I don't have Thanksgiving the same time that you guys do. So because we're it's in Canada, we know. I mean, we have chosen <laughs> the better part. We have our Thanksgiving Whatever. in October, which gives you lots of Whatever. time between Thanksgiving break, Christmas. It's just way more practical. Anyway, we were already, we're as thankful as you guys. We just have it earlier. So I was able to fully partake of some of the online sales to get most of my Christmas shopping done so that I can now have a peaceful December. Super you. excited about that. Heather's the overachiever in the group. Can I just say that? I, I never Seriously. am, but just this once. I'm just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, well, I love Advent too. It is my one of my favorite liturgical seasons, and I love just the light. I love the season of waiting, and um, just as I was preparing for just a couple Advent parish missions in different parts of the country, really pondering um, with the Word of God and what God is saying to us, and you know, He's calling us to draw near to Him and to to run on His paths, like to walk in His ways. So, just really considering that, and like also, you know, we were talking earlier about areas of my own life that need that they need restoration, need repentance, and so just asking the light of the world, Jesus Christ, to come and shine in the darkness of my own heart, right? To walk this really beautiful, quiet journey uh, all the way to Bethlehem, um, to the manger with Mary and Joseph. So that's what we're going to talk about, y'all. And we've got a really awesome Advent series. Last year, we did really something cool for Advent. And now we're going to do something cool also, but it's different than last year. So I'm going to let Michelle, this was her really birth, uh, birthing child here, was this a beautiful vision that she had, talk a bit about the fellowship of the feminine genius and kind of what we're doing for Advent. Michelle Bensinger, you want to take it away? Yeah, so when we were recording with Father Josh, um, we said this in another episode in the series, we were recording out of order, but when we were recording with Father Josh, there was something that he said about Judas being in isolation, and then Sister mentioned something about fellowship, and it just really struck to me, and so what happens in the power of community and the power of fellowship, and just coming off of the four women doctors of the church and really diving into what does that, the four women doctors and their feminine genius, what does it mean to have a fellowship of the feminine genius? And so what does it mean for women to come together in a circle where there's not a beginning and an end to celebrate each other's gifts, to champion each other, a place where our brokenness is not to be condemned, but our brokenness is a place for God's glory to be displayed, a place to be seen and known and um, celebrated. And what does that truly mean? And I don't think there's, um, Advent is such a powerful time for Mary, and um, especially the visitation is what we're going to be breaking open, and Mary and Elizabeth. But even taking Mary and Elizabeth and that story of the visitation and taking about the aspects of the feminine genius, like the maternity and the sensitivity and the receptivity and the generosity, those four aspects of feminine genius, and how do we apply those into our relationships? And how do we create these fellowships where we are locally, um, where we are doing life with? And I mean, and how do we... um, cultivate places where people are celebrated and championed for who they are. So yeah, that is what we're going to be diving into. And a lot of it has to be cultivated in our own hearts first. You know, those aspects um, have to be, and Advent is a time to do that. It is a time to stop and um, really just put your chest on the heartbeat of the Lord and say, where is your heartbeat? Where is my heartbeat? And are they beating in sync with one another? And so, yeah, so that is where we're at. Yay! That's awesome. So we're going to fe- yeah, feature a couple guests on the show um, in the course of Advent, that women that are in different seasons of life, but also who are doing beautiful things. So we really hope that you'll find our guest inspiring and um, just helpful to wherever you find yourself on the journey, that our guest will also be a light on the journey to you as well. So yeah, Heather, do you want to jump in here? What do you, what do you have to offer us here? We talk about the fellowship of the feminine genius. And- yeah. Well, you know, we have heard from a number of our listeners asking us to tell our story about how we all met. How do we all know each other? How did our relationship start? And so we thought this fit in nicely at this point uh, to talk about it in the fellowship. Like how did our little fellowship start and what are the things that have really held us together? Um, so we're going to chat about that today. Michelle, do you want to start with talking about how you and I met 20, 20 years ago, old girl? I love this. I love this story. <laughs> 20 years ago so when I was, I was five years old. Go ahead, Michelle. 
<laughs> okay, I was just about to say the thing, same thing, except I was going to say I was six years old. Okay, so Heather and I both went to Franciscan University, and we both transferred in as older students at Franciscan University. So we were in, I was in my early 20s. And um, and I was I much younger than her. her. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're like 12. And so She's we were standing prodigy. outside of the major church at Franciscan University of Steubenville, Christ the King, and someone, Heather, had led worship for Mass or something. I can't remember what you had done, but she was standing outside of the church and I marched right up to her and said something. I can't remember. Okay. Her, she was said that she, her breath was smoky because it was the cold air, but I think she was smoking a cigarette because that's what everyone <laughs> did back then, but she's not going to, that's gonna, what everybody did back especially then, especially at Steubenville, which I thought was crazy mm -hmm. because that's not my, that's not my jam. But anyway, Heather, you can, we all are in need of conversion. We all in need of conversion. Anyway, Heather, you can pick up the story. I can't even remember <laughs> half of it. I just remember marching up to you after, uh, an event at man and did she did she march i'm just standing there you know just peaceful little old me all to myself little introverted me and all of a sudden michelle bensinger who i did not know was right in <laughs> my face she was like girl what you just said in there that was totally the holy spirit and she just went off and i was like what is going on right now and who is this person and that was the beginning of something magical that happened <laughs> uh magical in the sense of the Holy Spirit was doing something when we met. I mean, it was instantaneous, uh, the bond that we had. And and it, what's hilarious is that Michelle and I are very opposite in almost every way. And I get, <laughs> I get the biggest kick out of Michelle because we are so, so different. I just laugh and laugh and laugh at this girl. Um, but more than that, what, what was real and true and, uh, and consistent along the way and along our journey is that we both love the Lord deeply and we both were running the race and he just planted us together at the same time to be able to start that journey together. So we started a small group with another friend of ours, Kristen, and we prayed together on a regular basis. We had different, you know, circles of friends. Sometimes we hung out together, sometimes we didn't, but we were praying together on a regular basis and journeying with one another. Um, and that was really the only time that we've lived together was at Steubenville. Mm -hmm. um, but we've kept our friendship very strong across many, many miles uh, and many, many years. So it's been a true gift. And then how many years ago, sister, did we meet? Like nine years ago, 10 years ago? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Gosh, it had to be like at least eight, if not nine or 10 years ago that we we met yeah. one another. And um I was doing some, um, I was attending some retreats with Dr. Bob Schutz. It's a ministry, the John Paul II Healing Center that I often talk about. And they're in Florida. And I just needed some extra help. And just be very honest with our listeners, you know, I just needed some extra help. And Dr. Bob said, hey, there's a wonderful uh, counselor in Canada that you might want to consider working with, just doing an intensive with. And so he gave me the information for Jake. And so that, I did like an intensive counseling session with Jake over the course of a few days and just absolutely changed my life. And Jake said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to just come over and just meet my family? And I'm like, I would love to, you know? So I think <laughs> I went to the store, maybe even got some flowers or something and came over and Heather and I met one another and we're like, the, <laughs> the angels sang, you know, and it was the just one of those parted, the sun came down <laughs> and we were spilling our guts within about 10 minutes of meeting each other. I think. Yes. It is just like one of those beautifully anointed friendships where you're just like, I like her. Like, I just, I like her. And it was just such a mutually edifying. It was such a rare thing, you know, of a friendship that really started then. And then um, I transitioned from being a client to a friend and just, we came and busy all often. And we, then we started doing, then I had like ministry events in Abbotsford, which I'd never been at. I mean, it was just like this key mm -hmm. thing God kept inserting me into your life and, and yours and mine. 
And then mm-hmm. she kept talking about this girl named Michelle. I'm like, oh, I want to meet Michelle. I want to meet Michelle. And then uh, Michelle contacted me probably a year later to do an event with her down at Covecrest. And so then Michelle and I became friends. And so uh, just kind of drawn into your both, both of your friendships, but then developing a friendship with each one of you and being so blessed by the witness of your love for each other, but also the witness of just and the testimony of our friendship as well. So it's been a, a hugely beautiful mm-hmm. thing. And it all happened very organically and divinely at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, when I met sister, she came to do the event and that was the first time I'd ever met her. And you stated, came an extra day or left in a, or stayed in a day later than the event. I remember she and I went for a walk and she had dinner with our family. And it was just, there was an ease to the friendship. There was an ease. And I found myself telling mm-hmm. her things that I would never tell someone that I had just met. Like, she's going to think I'm all kinds of crazy here. Mm-hmm. And so it just, but um, <laughs> there was some. And nothing's and changed. And nothing has changed. <laughs> it's been par for the course. But it was something where, um, like, I knew my heart was safe with her. And I knew I was able to share my heart with her, and it was a safe place. And uh, it was just really good. And it was been that way from the get-go, you know, since we met sister. And mm-hmm. um, and there's something beautiful about bringing people into relationship and then bringing people in relationship with your family. Like with, my, um, you know, both Jake, Heather's husband, and Chris, my husband, consider sister a sister to them too. You know, it's not just the three of our mm-hmm. friendship, but in my children, oh, I love them both very yeah, much. And all yeah. of our children are very, um, you know, no sister very well too. So it's become very familial in our relationship, mm-hmm. um, which has been such a blessing. It's been a really big blessing. Mm-hmm. So, and, mm-hmm. but just for the record, sister wasn't smoking a cigarette when I first met her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stopped smoking right before that. No? <laughs> yeah. Totally <laughs> took well, and I don't smoke now, just in case anybody's worried. Okay, I was like 20 years old. I have reformed my wayward ways. Okay, I'm good to go now. We were worried, but no, it's just fun. Yeah. Well, and I think something that you know we've we've spoken of extensively, and is obviously the podcast has not developed really out of our friendship. And I think we talked about that in our promo video for the season this year. Of people kept saying, "Hey, y'all should do something. Like you have a great friendship. Like you should do something." And so the the podcast was really kind of born out of our our friendship, and it still is. And and we make you know. Um, Michelle was talking about, you know, we have a group text, like we make the effort. And I think we've realized that like, because we live far apart, because we don't see each other physically, we really do have to make the effort to, even though it is an easy organic relationship to stay in touch and to speak into one another's lives. And I can often, I can, I can easily say that, you know, the people that Heather and Michelle have been for me as a safe place for my own heart, where I can say things to them that I, I just would have a hard time saying to anybody else and then bringing the deepest part of my vulnerability to them saying, Hey, do, have you guys ever struggled with this? Or can you help me understand this? And knowing that they will always, always speak the truth to me and always speak it in love. And it's just helped me to grow immensely. And so it's something that I think that we've, we're very committed to our friendship, which it's easy to let it fall by the wayside, you know? And so we do, we're like, Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Like, what are you doing? You know? And it's like, we laugh about it, but it's really true. Don't you think of how we try to intentionally stay in contact with one another? Yeah. There's this scripture in the Bible in the old Testament where it talks about God binding us together with cords of love. And I, and I've always thought that that is such a good visual for the spiritual relationships that God has blessed my life with that have been the most fruitful is that he binds us together with cords of love that are not easily broken. And yes, we have to be intentional and we have to cultivate those relationships. And I would say one of the biggest things that has held our friendship together and continues to deepen is that our willingness to be vulnerable with one another, that we don't 
hide from one another. You know, mm-hmm. even if we want to, we're going to allow ourselves to be sought after by one another. <laughs> and, and that's a beautiful part of our relationship that I love. And I think this is a great launching point to, to talk about our topic, which is how Mary and Elizabeth really blessed one another in their friendship, how they journeyed together, called forth life in each other, rejoiced with each other, um, and how we can specifically, you know, live that out our, ourselves, you know? So, um, Michelle, w- when have women spoken into your life, uh, that has really born good fruit and, and greater life for you? Oh, I think I was, when we were preparing for this podcast, I was thinking of different instances and different things. And for me, it's been several different seasons in my life and several different women in my life. Um, like I'm a girlfriend girl. That is just my personality. And I have a circle of really close friends, you know, Heather and sister, and then I have it locally and then another layer. And then I have lots of just like good acquaintances because I just love people and I love their story. Mm-hmm. But my mother grew up with a lot of women that are just praying women in her life. And one of them is close to a sister and Heather and I, and we know mm-hmm. her, we've done events for her with Roseanne. And mm-hmm. I remember, um, so she is a season, she's my mother's mm-hmm. age and she's one of my mother's closest friends. But I remember when I brought the kids home from Haiti and mm-hmm. um, I was adjusting two kids with um, that came from hard places and special needs. And um, I have a another child that is on the autism spectrum with special needs and then just three other children with their just own special needs and who they are too. And so I was adjusting to all this and part of me was Mm -hmm. drowning, like really, really drowning. And I remember her stopping and said, she's Mm -hmm. like, you are going to you are headed for a breakdown if you do not learn good self care. And so, Mm. and she said to me and she's like, Michelle, you Mm. have got to learn to put your oxygen mask on yourself first before you try to save everyone else. And I mean, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast where I totally do have like a savior complex. I can do this. I can help. I can fix it. And the intentions come out of a really good place, but a lot of times it leaves the Lord and the Holy Spirit out of that attention and really good place thinking I can do it in my own power. But what I had to really learn is that I had developed a lot of bad self-care you know, I wasn't exercising, I wasn't eating well, and I wasn't just, I was just maintaining, I was surviving. And um, she really gave me the scripture, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And she's like, you are not loving yourself well. And so that became on a real journey for me to really get healthy. And um, it's when I started teaching exercise classes and stuff, and it had nothing to do with like weight or anything like that for the first time in my life. It had to do with self-care and really learning how to my, love myself. And she just spoke some really bold words in me, and I really needed that, you know, um, mm. because I was going down a path that was led for destruction. I was exhausted, and I was headed probably for like some kind of breakdown. And so... Um, but I think sometimes we need other people or other women in our life to give us permission to do the things that we need to do, to go after the healing or freedom that we need and that we won't give ourselves. We just need someone to say, you know what? You have permission to go after healing. You have your permission to go for freedom. You have permission to take care of yourself. It is not a selfish act. It is the most loving divine act that you can do. And it was just a powerful time for me. And so, sister, what about you? When is a time that another woman has spoken powerfully into your life? 
Um, well, obviously, I think the, the two of you do so powerfully in my life. And I, I just think of different women in religious life, like the one of the sisters when I first entered religious life, who's really been like a spiritual mentor and a spiritual mother for me. And just she was really the one that um, gave me the freedom to believe and begin to tell my story and to to point mm. to something more that I, I, I hadn't even conceived of yet. And I, I just think of um, I just consider myself a student of life. And so every day I'm learning. I love to learn. I love new things. And just learning from the wisdom of so many women um, and their witness and their example and how they navigate life and how they see the world. And I think especially for me, so often God has sent women in, into my life to remind me of who I am when I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for me just to forget or just to kind of self-doubt or to diminish and how often he'll send women into my life to speak the truth to me of who I am. Um, very much like a Mary, like Elizabeth, like calling me out of like, the Lord is doing great things in you. And, you know, just everything from the counselors that I've had to just different conversations and, uh, um, yeah, I just have had so much healing in my relationships with women. You know, I think as girls, I don't know about you, but, you know, as girls, sometimes you have comp- competitive relationships with girls in your high school or girls in your middle school or in your volleyball team or whatever. And and it's you don't have those kind of intimate relationships. And many times they're very shallow or superficial or they're built on sin. I had a lot of relationships built on sin, my own sin, and they just didn't last. And so we come to relationships with other women very wary at times, very skeptical of other women. And you know, there's a natural reciprocity between men and women. So for some of us, it's easier to have a relationship with men, you know, than women to really trust women. It's like, oh, I don't want to do that, you know, but I just found so much, which was not really the story for me, but just found so much more healing and and trusting women and being able to lean upon them and not seeing them as competition or not seeing them as as obstacles, but seeing Mm -hmm. them as gifts that Mm -hmm. God sends into my life. Yeah, that's awesome. I think for me, one of the times that I, I mean, there's so many times as well, sister, like you said, that the two of you have journeyed with me through, you know, very difficult points and very joyful points. You know, we, we've really shared the the gamut, like through mm-hmm. thick and thin, we've been walking with each other for mm-hmm. many, many years now. Um, but one of a really significant time was when I first got married. And I think when you're young and single and you think, oh, okay, when I get married, like that's it, like everything's going to come into alignment. It's like, that's when the glory days start. It's, it's all going to be perfect. And, um, I didn't think I was thinking that, but definitely, <laughs> definitely I was because it was shortly into our marriage two years in that. And my husband and I share this story publicly. So, um, that he, he ended up revealing to me that he had a, an addiction to pornography and that he had struggled with, you know, for a good chunk of his life from woundedness from his childhood. And it was absolutely devastating, you know, to me, it was, it, I, I had a new baby. Um, and all of a sudden my world was falling apart and it was Michelle and, and our other friend, Kristen, who, I had had this, you know, prayer group with all the way through college. They were the ones that journeyed with me. And even though they weren't in my actual city that I was living in, they really walked me through a really, really painful time. They were the ones who were um, praying for me and encouraging me. And never once did they jump on a bandwagon uh, against my husband, Jake, you know, saying, what a jerk, you know, because I think as women, we can do that like really well for each other. And, and so it doesn't true. help the situation, mm-hmm. you know, like they were fighting for my marriage. They were fighting for God's healing and restoration in my marriage. And we had a, a long road and a lot of work to do, Jake and I did. But if I didn't have that support and I didn't have that encouragement, I would have walked out the door um, for sure. And 
And it was because I had sisters who were, who were willing to go there with me, who weren't afraid of my brokenness, who would let me cry and hold space for me and would also press in, you know, and hold, hold me accountable in different areas and not let me, you know, wall up and be resistant to, to the healing process that God had. And, and that's the reason why there was so much restoration that happened in, in our marriage. And I think this is a beautiful time of Advent where this is the reality. We will find ourselves in darkness at many times along the way. And we need people to journey with us because Jesus is the light of the world and he is coming. He wants to come into our places of darkness and praise the Lord that he brought his light into our marriage and restored things that I never thought could be restored. And Jake was willing to do the hard work and he fasted and prayed and rooted this addiction out to where he is free. And he's been free for many years now. And I never thought I could say that, you know, I never thought I would be able to say that with confidence. And it's, it's the journeying through with other people, um, that helps sometimes to bring about the healing that God desires that we couldn't walk into on our own. So, uh, you know, over many years Mm -hmm. in many different Mm -hmm. situations, uh, the relationships that God has brought into my life have been a massive blessing to me. Um, but like I said at the beginning, vulnerability is key to those working. Mm-hmm. And I loved it when we were talking about just um, when we were even praying about the fellowship of the feminine genius and just we made it that is I always think in terms of pictures and visions and design, like we made it a circle where you just stand together and you stand alone. Like so you don't have to stand alone, you know, and there is a line from the Lord of the Rings that I love. And it says there is not that you can do other than to resist the darkness without hope, with hope or without it, but you do not stand alone. So resist because you are all together, you know, mm, that's good. and it's just that power. Like you, sometimes you have hope. Sometimes you don't have to have hope. I mean, we've had a couple of situations in the last year with all of us dealing with children and stuff like that. And then where we've looked at each other and said, okay, I don't have hope in this situation. You're going to have to mm-hmm. have it for me. Because I don't have it. And it's, you need those people around you to circle around you and say, okay, you can't see God's restoration or redemption in this situation, but we can. So let's come around you and do that. But first we have to have our own self-awareness to be that safe place for other people. You know, exactly. we have to be that. And there is something so powerful. Like my husband, I love going to him and he is definitely like my rock and my root system. But I think that's something significant in the visitation. When Mary had the Holy Spirit come upon her, when the angel Gabriel visited her, the first person that she went to was Elizabeth, you know, not mm-hmm. knocking Joseph. We love us some St. Joseph, but she went to Elizabeth and mm-hmm. she made haste. Mm-hmm. Like she booked it as mm-hmm. I mean, as booking it as you can as a pregnant woman. <laughs> in layman's terms. Yeah, in layman's yeah. terms. Like, she booked it. And so, but she went there, you know, and they celebrated one another. You know, Elizabeth said, who is it, the, the mother of my Lord? You know, and she called out who's Mary's, she called out Mary's identity, who Mary was. You know, she's the mother of my Lord. And I love that there was no comparison. Like, I've said this a couple of times. Elizabeth didn't say, like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally getting gypped. I get to be John the Baptist's mother, and she mm-hmm. gets to be the Savior's mother. Mm-hmm. No, there was a celebration of what the Holy Spirit was doing. <laughs> you know, but I think about this is a time of celebration when they came together in the visitation. But, man, those two women had to walk together in some dark times. I mean, we don't know whether or not Elizabeth was still living when John the Baptist was beheaded. But what I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, what was Mary's thought? Like that was her nephew, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, thinking that her son could be next. You know, so they walked mm-hmm. through each other through some dark times also. 
you know? So who is it and how do we cultivate this fellowship? How do we cultivate a fellowship of the feminine genius in our own lives right now? You know, mm-hmm. like we could say, well, I don't have a sister Miriam. I don't have a Heather. You, God will provide. God has someone for you in your circles. He will provide. The Holy Spirit will provide. We have to believe that and entrust in that. And so uh, praying to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, guide us to cultivate these kind of relationships. Help us to cultivate these safe circles so us as women can become all that the Holy Spirit wants us to be. Mm-hmm. I love what you were saying, Michelle, about we have to be the kind of friend that we want. Oh, I was just going to say that. Like that's really key. Like I, I, I'm talking to my 15 year old about this all the time right now, because it's easy to just complain about what we don't have or what's not working or, you know, this person doesn't reciprocate or they don't ever blah, blah, blah. What we need to do is look inward and go, how can I be more loyal? How can I grow in like not being jealous of people? How can I grow in offering space, a safe space for people where they feel loved and accepted in my presence? Um, These are all things that we can work on within our own hearts so that we can offer that kind of friendship to someone. It's not always about what we're going to get. You know, it has to be something that could be reciprocated. And that's been one of the beautiful things in our relationship, the three of us, is that it's very reciprocal. Like we can sit at each other's feet. We can kick each other's butts. You know, we can speak truth. And this year, the the two of you have really been holding hope for me, you know, and battling for me so that at, at the end, like you want to be able to say at various points as God is, you're going through crucifixions in your life and, and then the resurrection comes, we want to be able to say, look, the Lord has done great things for me. Holy is his name, you know, and rejoice with each other in that. So what do you want to say about that sister as well? No, I, 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 amen. You said it very well. And it's true. And I, I love what you were saying also about at the beginning of your relationship with Heather is that, or with Michelle is that the Lord is the center of it. I think that's the, that's the important thing is that, um, as, as a gift, as much as of a gift we are to one another, we also, we also know that the deepest part of our own hearts is the gift of the Lord. And so we're journeying together in virtue, right? In relationship with the Lord. And so it's like you said, it's the Lord that draws us together and to, to binds us close. And I, you know, just that constant continual practice of learning. And, and like you said, attributing those, you know, working to, to cultivate those gifts and, you know, there are many times after one of our conversations, I'm like, okay, I, I, I want to receive Heather's heart better here. I want to listen better. So I'm always learning myself of like, how can I be a better friend? Like, how can I be a better receptacle? Like, how can I be a better vessel? And that continual growth of, of giftedness and um, to be able to recognize the feminine genius and also give that in return. And so it's true. It's very easy for us to kind of look around and say, oh, that, that's not person. That person's not doing this or whatever. But gosh, you know what? Can I be the person? Can I be the friend that I would like somebody else to be for me? And that's really where it begins. And um, yeah, and quite frankly, not everybody is trustworthy. So we really have to, our hearts are very careful. Our hearts are very yeah. beautiful. And sometimes we are vulnerable people and they can't receive it. And that's okay. That's where they're at. So we learn that lesson and we kind of move from that. But, you know, the the willingness to be, to be open and honest and to be able to allow Christ to continually journey within each one of us first is really the key always. So. Mm-hmm. And I think to call out the feminine genius in one another, mm-hmm. it's unique to each person. Mm-hmm. And we are we are in a world at war. The enemy is after us, specifically in those areas, you know, where he doesn't want us to live into our true identity and the brilliance that God has called us to live into as his 
sons and daughters. And so I think we have to call that out in each other in a way that's like, we need to declare it. We need to speak truth about the lies that we believe the enemy is speaking in one another's hearts, Mm -hmm. but to do it gently, to do it tenderly with one, to be tender with each other. Like these are vulnerable places, you know, but also places that we don't want to avoid either. And I think that Advent is a perfect time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm reading Madeline Langles, a series a friend of mine gave me uh, about reflections on the beginning. And she was talking about what a dark time it was when the Lord came into the earth, you know, where this incarnation happens. And we could say the same thing right now. If you look at the state of the world and we look at the state of the earth and we look at the state of the church, anything or the state of our family, whatever it may be, and say, gosh, it's such a dark time. And there's a line in the book that I was reading and it just like stopped me in my tracks and it says, love still takes the risk of birth. And I was like, oh my gosh, just love still takes the risks of birth, that God took the risk of sending his only son, you know, Mm -hmm. into this dark place to be light, that God is trying, and we will talk about this a couple of times, this theme in Advent, God wants to birth something in us, you know, and it takes a risk. It takes a part of opening our hands. It takes a heart of opening our hearts and being vulnerable with people. You know, people are like, how do you cultivate community? Find a couple of people, share your story. They're going to be imperfect people. They're going to let you down. They're going to aggravate you. They're going to frustrate you. They are not going to be all that you want them to be because nobody is. Only God has that role. Mm -hmm. But they're going to be good and they're going to be human. And the conflicts and the aggravations and the frustrations lead for redemption stories and restoration. And we only grow through conflict. That's how we get to know. We start sharing our stories little by little, you know, and, um, I think vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Like when someone models it for us, well, it brings bravery and we can be brave with one another, with our stories. Yeah. When Mm -hmm. you can say, Oh my gosh, you struggle with that too. I thought it was me. I thought this was my only insecurity. Like I thought, you know, we're, we're not the exception to the rule, which we totally believe that we are a lot of times. Like we believe that we're the exception to the rule. And I think that's what God is calling Mm -hmm. us this Mm -hmm. Advent season Mm -hmm. is to um, love still takes the risk of birth. What is God risking, asking us to risk to be birthed this Advent season? That's gorgeous, Michelle. Can I just say that? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Really good. Mm. Yeah. So the season, you know, we talk about Advent as, you know, which comes from a Latin word meaning to uh, prepare, to arrive, or, or to come. You know, we talk about the season being preparation for the coming of the Lord. And so it's a tilling of the soil. And so we want to be very intentional in our days as we approach Christmas of of preparing the soil of our hearts for the coming of the King, you know? And so it's such a special time. And I would just highly recommend, you know, for all of us to, to really choose something in Advent that we're really going to allow Christ to transform in us. And, you know, it's a season, it's a purple season, like, like Lent. It's, it has a different little nuance than Lent does, but it's a season, maybe it's something that extra that we take on, or maybe it's something that we give up or, but it's something very intentional where we're spending time in that quiet place as Mary and Joseph journey to Bethlehem, that we're spending time in that intimacy to allow Christ to be born in us. It's a very powerful, powerful mm-hmm. season. And and for all of us, for a lot of our listeners, we've gotten in the practice of doing mm-hmm. with the doctor series, Amen. the Lectio Divina. Mm-hmm. Divina. <laughs> I love you. Not to, not to be confused with an Italian dish. Michelle, I'm going to create a dictionary. It's Michelle Bensinger's dictionary for Christmas. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's not an Italian dish, but it sounds like it. Anyway. Uh, Totally. 
But to go through the scripture, like to stay with the visitation, like to really meditate it, to stay with the visitation, but even stay mm. what Father Josh was telling us about in a couple podcasts ago, to really listen to other people around us, to listen to our family, to ponder the words around the people around us, to stop and ponder and listen and to wait and to see what the Holy Spirit is trying to do and birth in us. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 So speaking of ladies, do we have a Advent one thing? I do. So I'm going to go before they steal it. So <laughs> I love Heather Kim's, I love Heather Kim's Spotify playlist. So she made one last year for Advent. It's like an Advent playlist, which is so beautiful. And quite frankly, I've been listening to it since September. Okay. Hashtag full disclosure. So, um, unless she makes a new one, I'm still going to listen to last year. So Heather Kim's Advent playlist from last year, unless she makes another one, is my one thing. I love it. It's just it's such a gorgeous, like, just smattering of beauty. So that's my one thing. I love it. Thanks, Heather. Hey, you're welcome. If anybody else wants to get that playlist, it'll be in the show notes, which you can find on the Ascension website, where uh, Sister Miriam will give you the, the information later on. But it is on the website. You just click on this particular episode, and it's going to have the links to everything that you need. And if you want those sent to you, just email us. Go through the Ascension website, email us, and we'll send it to you every week, including that. So I have two one things this week. One is like going to be my one thing for Advent every year, which is Anne Voskamp's book, The Greatest Gift, Unwrapping the Full Love story of Christmas. It's a beautiful book that you can put on your coffee table. It has daily reflections. It's wonderful to do with your children. That's, that's what we do in our house. Um, and I, I just love it. So actually I think it's called, this particular one is called unwrapping the greatest gift of family celebration of Christmas. It's just a gorgeous book. I love the pictures. I love the reflections for the little tiny kids. They can look at the cute pictures and the bigger kids can have some good reflections. So that's a wonderful book. My second one thing is Lauren Daigle is a worship leader. She's huge right now. She's just broken into the mainstream, um, music world and she was on Jimmy Fallon and all of these things, but she, she's a wonderful Christian artist and her song Noel that she did with Chris Tomlin is absolutely stunning. And if you haven't heard it, it was out a couple of years ago. So you might've missed it then when she wasn't, wasn't as big as she is now. So I will post that. And it's a, it's a beautiful song. I hope you enjoy it. Michelle, what's your one thing? My one thing, of course, is a book. Uh, and it's the book I was just talking about. A friend of mine sent me the whole series. There are three series and I'm a big Madeline LaEngle fans. And um, Walking on Water is probably one of my top 10 books, which is a big feat in my opinion. But this is a book and it's called, and it was good reflections on beginnings and it's her spiritual writings. And like I'm telling you, it is rocking my world. This, and it's all with spiritual reflections on Genesis, the book of Genesis. And it's just been really beautiful. And she's going to be my girl to journey with this Advent season is Madeline Engel and, um, nice little Episcopal girl joining her little Catholic friend, um, <laughs> together. So I'm excited. Yeah. Aww. True fellowship. That's a true fellowship. That is a true fellowship. Mm. Well, amen. Well, my dear listeners, I hope that there are people in your life that God sends to begin a fellowship or to continue on the journey, whether you know you're old or young or whatever, wherever life finds you, that you um, you too find a fellowship because that's our call as Christians to live in fellowship. We will be praying for you in a very special way this Advent season that it would be a season of deep light in the darkness and transformation, healing, birth, longing, expectation, and ultimately fulfillment of the deepest desires of our hearts. 
hearts in Jesus Christ himself. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can email us at abidingtogether at ascensionpress.com. That is abidingtogether at ascensionpress.com to have all the show notes emailed to you. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email. Give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much. 